the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo. Boys acting like they ready for that orange crush. Try us if you want to wheel leave you in the dust. The men in orange, baby, got orange on my back. Be the ones, now it's time for us to bring it back. Long as I got my fan club, y'all can't harm it. El Battalion in the Texan Army. We MLS champ, so haters bag back. Another game on the field, my team gon' grab. All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Dynalytics, episode number 11. As tonight, we preview our match this weekend against our rivals upstate in southern Oklahoma, FC Dallas. Uh, always with me is my guest, OSG. And we have a treat for y'all this evening as we have Rev and Chico from Big D Soccer. Go ahead, OSG, and introduce our guest to the people. Hey, guys. As, as always, welcome, everybody, to Dynalytics and, and uh, as he said, Rev and Chico, or as Nate and Jose. Guys, uh, thank you all for joining us tonight, and uh, I thank Big D Soccer for joining us. But, you know, tell us uh, tell us who you all are about yourselves and about Big D Soccer before we get into talking about the big game, the Copa Tejas game this weekend. Go ahead. Well, it, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, I've been uh, – been yeah Nathan Hill uh, follow me on Twitter at Nathan J Hill and uh, used to live actually in Dallas uh, and I'm called Reb because I am an ordained pastor but I moved back out to the DC area so I've been out here so following the team from afar and been contributing to BigDSoccer.com which is with SB Nation and so yeah we provide some commentary and news uh, and and reflections on everything FC Dallas over the course of the season it's been a lot of fun just to write for them to contribute. And lately we've been doing this after dark show every Monday evening where it, it's a live show. It's a, it's live. So uh, folks bring their comments and questions. They shape the show. There's four of us on there. We have a good time talking about FC Dallas, North Texas, SC, their uh, FC Dallas's MLS next pro team and just other MLS stuff. And so uh, we of course did talk about the dynamo, this upcoming match on, on Monday evening. And it's both available as a podcast, but also like on YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that. So, and yeah, and Jose is one of our contributors. And Jose is my go-to guy because he is clued in to MLS Next Pro, among other things, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm Jose Carmona. Everyone knows me as El Chico. Uh, I'm also a contributor for uh, Big D Soccer. Uh, I've been, I'm one of the newer FC Dallas fans. Uh, I'm not like uh, one of these traumatized uh, former Burn fans that that uh, you know are very pessimistic and stuff. <laughs> I started following uh, SC Dallas back when uh, Oscar Perez got hired. Oscar Perez got hired, and uh, so I'm very upbeat, you know, since I've been a fan. The team's won uh, U.S. Open Cup, the Shield, the Academy's won just about everything you can win as an Academy. North Texas has won uh, USL uh, League One. Uh, championship so for me everything is you know great <laughs> i don't like i don't have the trauma of all these failed seasons that uh, a lot of the fans have so mm -hmm. i'm a i'm a glass is half full kind of guy about everything uh my main contribution on the side is i'm i'm the rumor guy if you want to know any dirt any uh rumors about who's coming who's going behind the scenes i'm the guy that gets it uh and uh most of my following is based on that. That 
Dallas Burn logo, man. That was that was a badass logo, bro. It was, but it was before it was before I started following. Um, I I actually believe it or not, I used to uh, I only used to follow the U.S. men's national team, and uh, I didn't really follow MLS until I saw the Snow Classico, uh, Costa Rica against the United States and in, uh, in Colorado in the snow, and I was like, hey, you know, maybe I should start watching some uh, some MLS and you know, I hadn't gotten any attachment to any of the European or Mexican teams that I tried to watch and uh, boom, instant, instant, you know, as soon as I started watching uh, FC Dallas, you know, I, I knew I was home. I think uh, we have a similar story, Jose and I, I didn't, I started watching the U.S. men national team as well. I didn't, I didn't start watching uh mls to the dynamo came to houston honestly that's when i started to feel that that connection but yeah i i remember w waking up like at three in the morning watching the u.s men's national team in korea japon so that was that's fun oh yeah i, I watched i watched them since the 90s you know since they, they made the world cup when back when uh they still had college players on the team you know yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. The, and the, that's the... that's one cool thing about y'all stadium is like the the recent expansion of the national hall of fame mm -hmm. like I, I had a chance of visiting in it and uh it's such neat history in that museum man any any fan of u.s soccer definitely needs to to do that and experience it uh so, like me i i have salvadorian roots and uh i i love uh our current national team head coach but he also has ties to u.s men's national team and he's actually a hall of fame inductee i think in uh 07 or 08 but yeah he had his own um like his own base or, or uh dedicated yeah. to him so i thought it was pretty cool pretty cool That's stuff cool. Yeah. yeah how do you how do you like espn plus like watching uh fc dallas from afar nathan i'm kind of curious about that because i got this is before yeah. ESPN plus I used to get blocked out, and I hated it, man. Oh, it's terrible, man. Yeah, yeah, like, and and of course, I, I've been to a couple of DC United matches. Uh, my wife got me a couple of holiday ticket packs with a scarf, and I like DC United Stadium. It's a really nice stadium to visit. Uh, uh, pretty, pretty accessible and stuff, and and the seats are not a bad seat in the house, but uh, I can't get into them. And of course, they just fired. Their, their head coach, who was at least kind of interesting, brought an interesting approach but to the game. I just yeah. want to say he, we should have seen it coming when he lost to Austin FC. You know, I'm surprised it yeah. took him so long I mean, for them to fire him. Right. Yeah. It, you know, they had to go down to that, what, Flower United or whatever that, that team is. But, yeah, like. Broccoli uh, FC. So, yeah. yeah, we and, can uh, we can bond over nicknames <laughs> for Austin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I've been I, and I actually started one of my regular articles on the Big D Soccer site was how to watch FC Dallas if you're a fan from afar. I went to I my first season tickets though was in with FC Dallas. I started watching similarly. Uh, I watched the World Cup, the, the you know the game against Algeria. Landon Donovan scored the, oh, yeah. the, the late goal. I mean, just oh, yeah. incredible. And mm -hmm. I decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just going to follow the LA Galaxy because I like this Landon Donovan guy. But then the first game I was actually had access to was was a FC Dallas local, like on Channel 23 in the DFW area or whatever. And David Ferreira and, uh, you know, these guys just really uh, – and some young guys, Eric Avila, just some of these guys just really got me interested. I love their style of play. 
so yeah, so that was my first like experience of a season tickets with any sports team. Um, but then moving back to DC, I would keep wanting to follow them. So of course, I was part of that MLS soccer. You know, they had their own live stream package early on, which is okay, which is okay. But you had to work around the uh, thing. And, and I went to a DC United game where FC Dallas was in town at RFK Stadium, and there was a small but fierce contingent of fans. It was kind of neat to see some other fans from from that area. So. Just been trying to be a, a resource. But yeah, like it, it's been interesting to see how this stuff has evolved. But I I can tell you it's I'm not always a fan when I get the away announcers, you know? Like sometimes it's just they're hit and miss, you know. Uh come on, like be be a little neutral here, guys. But but then again, we have our own uh in our sometimes back backstream, back channel in our big D soccer chat. We have we've had plenty of complaints about our FC Dallas guys about, uh, you know, hearing Steve Davis and other guys, and they do a good job most weeks, but some weeks you're like, man, I'd like, we'd like a little bit more here, a little more perspective. So it, it's been good. It, it's been fine. Uh, it's been affordable. And I think that's, that's a nice thing when all else matters, you know, the pocketbook. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat that. Uh, whether you get the bundle or you just get it five bucks a month, you know, that, that's right, not right. bad at all. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm watching a game right now, hoping San Antonio can come back and score one. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I've got it over. Yeah. Our, uh, Nikki Her- Nikki Hernandez is out there. Yeah, we no. just loaned him over to San Antonio, so we're hoping that he uh, scores that that tying goal. <laughs> At least sends him the extra time, you know. Yeah. We're gonna so, make those Austin fans sweat a little bit, you know. <laughs> For real. Let's make them hate that ride home. <laughs> so making of kind of struggle like we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we 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 struggled a little bit last night, man. We had to do a ninety-minute winner to move on. Barely yeah. moved on two-one, and well, I, that's because they missed a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about uh, RGV, Los yeah. Toros, yes, yeah, sir, Los Toros. in the valley. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man. They, that I I heard you guys' podcast uh, in the lead up to that, and. And uh, yeah, all day, yeah. man. Ray. Ray, Ray nailed it. He said, Hey, it's gonna be ugly. And he almost had you guys right. He said, Hey, we're gonna go to extra time. And if it wasn't for that late, that late header by by your guy, he would have been on the money. Yeah, he would have been hey, on the money. He was he on the money. He said, he, he said extra time, and we did go into extra Additional time. time. <laughs> time. And it wasn't real clear if it was going to be an extra time winner or PKs, but I don't know we're going to win. But so, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, he hopped on with us uh, last night as well, or yeah, last night as well. And let us, let us know, you know, he was, he was proud of his team though, but we gave him his props. That was a sweet header, though. I got I, I saw it live, and I was like, "Man, that's a that's just a oh yeah, the, the, a, back, the, a backbreaker, man." The cross in there, man, is perfect. Yeah, because I don't know if he meant to head it that way. You know what I'm saying? Because it it's kind of like a lob header on the other side of the goal. It's like he, phew. it's like he we did. got lucky that he went in, you know, that dropped in. Because I don't think he meant to do that, bro. According to his after game quote, he did. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he did. He, he, yeah. he saw the cross cut. He, he wanted a he wanted a one two, but they didn't give him the they they put the ball out for the out to the the end, and then the cross came in. He's like, I just flicked it over, and it it ended up going in, you know. But, so there you are, ninety three minute. So hey, um. I'm glad we have y'all 
um, on the call because I'm curious. I have a friend, uh, one of my college buddies. He's really involved with the, I don't know what y'all's um, barra um, is called, but like. What are you talking about El Matador? El Matador, yes, Woo! El Matador. Yeah. He, uh, he and his friends on Twitter, and I retweeted it out of support because I, I feel we kind of went through the same thing. Wow. Oh, there wasn't any upgrades. Like, it was unsafe, like, last season or whatnot to be in that part of the stadium. I know they made the upgrades now, right? Like, they put the, the safe standing or whatever and cup holders and, and those. Do y'all know anything about that or not? Was it a big deal or? I know they were talking. Uh, I know that they were talking about all the upgrades that have happened and, and how everything's better. But um, I didn't really pay too much attention when they were talking about which specific improvements were being made. I got gotcha. you. Cause I, yeah, I myself you know, have not been to, to the stadium yet. I'm uh, okay. I'm over here in oh. the, in the uh, frozen tundra that is Wisconsin. Oh my Lord. Oh yeah. Dairy, yeah. dairy country, right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And I, you know, I went to a game last year um, when uh, Pepe scored a hack trick, a uh, great moment. And, and so I, I get back that way every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, San Antonio FC just just equalized, y'all. So, nice. Hey, oh, looks like, sweet. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting awesome. Those awesome seven minutes to go. By the way, I just want to say that I hope San Antonio wins, so that Austin really finally has a rivalry that is at their, you know, at their at the right level. At their level. Them, at their do level. They, so, do they do they give y'all shit too on social media, man? Oh my God, they're horrible. They're man. annoying, bro. There. They're they're vic- they're victims. Everything everything everyone's against them. The whole world's against them. Everything. I'm telling you, <laughs> man. Be. You can't you can't say anything without them boohooing <laughs> about it. And we're the best fans ever. Oh my god. <laughs> my man, uh, my man Tio. He's he's uh constantly getting you know hit up by those guys. He you know he likes to post memes and man they just. The minute he says anything, boom, he's just getting flooded with with uh, Austin FC fans. Yeah. Oh so. my god. Well, yeah, we're getting back. Getting, yeah, getting you were back telling us real quick. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, there. Uh, this year, I, I got to tell y'all. So, and, and I think this is the question I want to hear from y'all about the Dynamo this year, this this season. I know y'all went through some ownership changes and things, new head coach and stuff. But like, uh, we didn't go through an ownership change, but selling Pepe. I don't know what it, what it was just that influx of cash or what or the the level of you know it it has been a change of culture here and Nico Estevez our new head coach, um, but like pre this time like all almost everything I heard uh, about uh, supporter supporter groups and the relationship with the front office has been negative has been a, a lack of enthusiasm a lack of cooperation a lack of uh, good dialogue good communication but this season for some reason has changed so. I, I think they're doing their part to to try to change the culture, and, and I don't think um, our supporters groups want to be like violent or anything like that. As far as I know, uh, I mean, uh, I, I remember we uh, we had uh, I was here for the I came in town for the Open Cup final that we won the last uh, you know kind of major trophy, and um, uh, it, and I know the I think the Revolution were in town, their supporters, and there was no issue, you know, so. Uh, but but they have been trying to make upgrades to the stadium. They have been trying to do things. They've had some some drama about where the supporters group stand and fencing and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like this season, 
for whatever reason, that whole relationship has changed. They hired, FC Dallas hired a new uh, vice president of marketing, and maybe he's he used to be with the Mavs, uh, the Mavericks. So he has brought a different focus and energy. And so, so far, things seem to be so much less drama. Um, though, although we did hear that there was some drama with a, with a FC Tulsa fan who got kicked out of the stadium uh, during the Open Cup match. I, uh, no, no, uh, we just saw some pics on Twitter, but uh, just one FC, FC Tulsa fan. Just one. Just one. There's always got to be one, one yeah. hooligan. For perspective, how y'all know by any chance, or I can Google Maps. I'm curious, FC Tulsa, Tulsa is how far from Dallas? Four oh, man, it's it's three hours to OKC. Now I'm from Oklahoma, which is I I did laugh at your Southern Oklahoma thing because I always give my I give those people <laughs> who lived on the far edge of Dallas that o- kind of Oklahoma doesn't kind of exist, stuff. man. Yeah, but, but Jose thinks it doesn't exist, but, but uh, I'm going to prove him otherwise. But yeah, and then it's like from from Oklahoma City to Tulsa, it's another like two hours roughly. So yeah, I mean it's at least yeah, that's a drive, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. it's a nice drive. There's a lot of Brahms in between, man. There's no nothing doubt. there, man. <laughs> uh, once you get past the Red River Valley, man, I, I've Wind, never Cino. never Windstar, been Windstar, able to stay awake. Yeah, yeah I've never been able to stay awake. I went to a, 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 you talked about San Antonio. Uh, I went, y'all had a preseason game with them. Um, and it was free to season ticket holders. And I was in town that weekend. So I, I happened to, to go to the game with a friend. And uh, like, I saw Windstar ads everywhere around that stadium, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I picked that up real quickly. Yeah, but then the also the other thing that stood out, like y'all y'all freaking dominated them. But it was kind of like the first game. I think it was Ariola's. Ariola had just signed with y'all, and he just like stood out. Like like he he's so good with the ball, and uh, he has some flair, man. And he just stood out. I think y'all won that game like zero. But that was that was the uh, everybody was was looking out for him, you know. What is he gonna do? What is he gonna do? And, and he delivered that day. What? 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 That's a splash signing, you know. After all that Ricardo Pepe money, man, like y- y'all went ahead and made some moves, this, some big offseason moves. What? What are your feedback so far on Arriola? And also, I know you're your young DP uh, for from Independiente in Argentina for club record fee. What is y'all's? Uh, so far, like they're great, and, and what what do you think? Um, has it been successful, or should we spend the money elsewhere? Or how do you think about the Pepe sale? How y'all use the money and the players that y'all used to to get? I'm curious to hear y'all. Yeah. You want to go first, Nathan? Nathan. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I just said earlier. You know, it really feels like a new era, and FC Dallas has been using that in their marketing, um, and. Of course, you sell a signing like Pepe, who also is on getting some great minutes with the United States men's national team. Uh, he goes to to Germany. He has, you know, he hasn't been that great over there, but his team isn't particularly that great in, in Augsburg. But yeah, like you, you did see, you seem to see like Dan Hunt, the Hunt family's kind of vision coming into focus. It's a shame it didn't happen under Lucci. Lucci was a great guy, just a great human being. It just didn't work though. It seemed like he ran. It just just things, you know, kind of ran into a brick wall there. So yeah. So 
I think the fans were waiting and ready to see what was going to happen, what was going to change. And so it's important to note too, like there were some interesting departures as part of that too. Like Brisson, who was a Brazilian guy, Brazilian center back who gave a lot of minutes to the team, was a fierce competitor, even if it wasn't the greatest. We thought surely he was going to stick around, but no, he was out. Um, we saw uh, Ryan Hollingshead get Acosta uh, finally after a long tenure with FC Dallas in, uh, you know, his, you know, just up and down all over the place, uh, never quite settled in. And then you know, Ryan Hollingshead, who has been one of those fan favorite players, just a steady uh, guy who could score goals, play, play right back, left back, wherever you throw him at. He played goalie at one point in one, one game in one season, I think. Uh, yes. Like the guy, just a great guy for the locker room. So they finally decided to, to move away from some guys. So there was a lot of anticipation of what they would do. And so to bring in a guy like Alan Velasco, a huge signing, it, it was off the radar, it seemed like, for FC Dallas in years past. And I think some of that was made evident because of signings, because of links to Weston McKinney, because of, uh, you know, they the go deeper back, you know, but also, uh, you know, Justin Che, but also uh, you know, definitely Ricardo Pepe. It just, uh, uh, you know, I think gives lets young prospects know that hey, this is a place you can come and take the next step, and that that didn't exist before. And yeah, you bring in Paul Ariola who needs minutes and, and, and wants to make the World Cup in a, in a system that's going to fit the United States men's national team. You know, really, Dan Hunt and company. I give them credit; they they knock the coaching hire. Uh, you know, now they can tell their academy kids like, you stay with us. You play in a system that's familiar to Greg Berhalter and the, and the U.S. system, you're going to get a chance. That's a huge selling point. It's just a huge selling point. It's, you know, again, I think kids anywhere, even the Dynamo Academy, can get a chances. But uh, in the past, we've seen a lot of signings that were we call these like diamond in the rust that we just like these loans and we hope they'd work out. Yeah, and they often wouldn't work out. You know, With the Clavijo so, specials. Yeah, the, for Fernando Clavijo. But like this year, it's been different. Yeah, and even our yeah, rest in peace, man. And even our our uh, our goalie this year, he's on loan till July. But the dude has been solid. He really he earned us a point against the Red Bulls this past weekend. Uh, otherwise, without him, I mean, Jimmy Marr was a fine is a fine goalkeeper as well. But man, um, uh, the team has done well in their signings so far. There's still question marks for sure. But it does feel like a new era. Jose, what's your perspective? So uh, behind the scenes, uh, I'll let you guys know that when Clavijo um, stepped away, FC Dallas went out and, and, and got this guy named Andre Sanota. And Sanota comes from Grêmio. And uh, there he won, he won a title there with Grêmio. And he was known as a wheeler and dealer. He's, he's the guy that sold Myanmar from Grêmio for I, I don't know I think it was like 40 million at the time and he's made he's been involved in a lot of big deals so he's been with FC Dallas now for a couple of years and everybody's kind of been waiting waiting to see what happens with him you know this you know basic being critical about of the moves or non moves that he made and uh I was telling everybody hey you know this is his this is his year you know he's he's now, when he arrived, he was saddled with other deals, other players that were already in the works. But now with Luchi gone, Nico is his guy. So now he gets he gets the manager that he wants. And the first thing that we noticed is 
the big change is Nico has basically, he runs the same system as the U.S. men's nationals team at, that Greg Berhalter runs. So if you've seen the USMNT play, that's how FC Dallas plays. Exactly how FC Dallas plays. And Nico basically just brought that same system over here. And the first thing that Sonota did is he brought players that Nico wanted. That's something we didn't get with Lucci. Lucci had a lot of players and he was trying to fit them and make them work. So he had a lot of, you know, square pegs that he was trying to fit in around holes. And we had players that all played the same and were all getting the same areas as other players, um, you know, running the same the, the same uh, routes and whatnot. And, and basically gumming up the works, you had players playing out of position. You had uh, Paxton playing on, uh, on the left wing. He's not, he's not a left winger, you know, you had uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus Ferreira. He was playing uh, attacking mid. Um, you had Ricarte who they could never figure out how to use him. You had, it was a jumbled mess. There was talent there. But like I said, they didn't fit what Lucci was trying to do. So now with Nico, Nico's gotten the players that he's wanted from the get-go. And the, the players that he's brought in have all started. And that's, of course, you already know Ariola over at right wing. You got uh, Velasco who came in over on, uh, on left wing. Martin Paz is your starting goalkeeper. Uh, and he's been phenomenal. Then you've got Farfan, who came in and replaced uh, uh, re replaced Hollingshead. And by the way, that was one of those moves where Hollingshead, who us FC Dallas fans have considered the best left back in MLS, didn't fit the system. He's more of a go forward, uh, get involved in the attack kind of kind of player, and that's not what uh that's not what nico wants he wants a he wants a left back that is more defensive minded who can occasionally make forward runs and that's what farfan is farfan is a is a left back who can also play center back yes he can go forward but his strength is defense so there you go that's one of the changes and then the, he brought in uh nanu from portugal to start it right back and that's I think that's the only one where we're all kind of uh, he's currently in a battle for a starting spot with uh, last year's uh, starter Tuomasi. Those two guys have been swapping starts and neither one has been able to nail that position down. But you see it. You see that this team, when all of those pieces are on the board at the same time, Dallas looks dangerous. They, they, they look, they look, they just, every one of those players can make it go, wow. Especially Velasco and Ariola. Now, they're two different type of players. Ariola is just a workhorse. That guy never stops. And he's a vocal leader. And he just gets into places. And he's, he's, he's a dog out there, you know. He's, he's, he's barking at his teammates. He's, he's getting other players, uh, pe people's faces. That, that guy will drive you nuts. But he's going to be everywhere. And he's not, it's not that he's faster or bigger or anything like that. It's just that the guy just has a nonstop motor and he never quits. Where Velasco is the opposite. He's uh, 19, 
that kid leads the league. I think he's tied in the league right now, actually, with uh, for nutmegs, and he hasn't even played that many games. So uh, he's uh, basically get the ball on his feet and take on people. Take you know, just amazing player to watch. I think right now he's still trying to figure out the league. So our only criticism of his is that he tries to dribble a bit too much. But you know, it'll take time for him to figure out who he can do that against and who he, yeah. he can't. He he's nineteen. He thinks he can everybody, right? Yeah, but at times, yeah. you know, at times he does just that. It's just you know, well, he's got uh, what five are five already, and he's played what four games. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I mean, yeah, when he. Let's just say when he touches the ball, you you're just expecting to do magic or get fouled. <laughs> and lately, he's been getting fouled a lot for good for good reason. Um, but no, it's just uh, it's just I think that's the difference. It's just change. You know, Dallas has been saying, hey, you know, uh, they've been promoting change, but it's change that people are that the fans are seeing. Even fans, well, uh, t- we have Tommy, who's one of our guys in our podcast, one of the biggest critics of the hunts, you know, since I've known him, vocal, and this year he's been quiet. And I've even teased him about it. I said, hey, Tommy, you know, you're being so quiet. He's like, I got nothing to complain about. <laughs> you know? Well, that's, you know, you're an, an outsider looking in uh, and not knowing much about your opponents very much y- y'all are close to us so and by the way i live in austin and i am a dynamo fan but so i get it from a different perspective as well but it it sounds like y'all were kind of in the same boat with us except for we did the complete overhaul y'all did the, the coaching overhaul and and it was it, we were wondering from the outside was it going to be the same where you 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 grow your players through your academy sell them off and and then you just keep playing soccer, and then you look for your next homegrown. But this year, y'all actually sold your your player, and then brought players in with the basically with the same money, and and are now trying to compete and be competitive, and still use your homegrown status that y'all have, that y'all are known for. And I I, I heard y'all had y'all's first sellout, so it sounds like the people are believing, and you know because I heard it's hard yeah. to get up to FC Frisco. And- and the thing is, they haven't abandoned the homegrown. You know, you still have four homegrown starting. Technically five, by the way, because Farfan, even though he's not an FC Dallas homegrown, he is a Portland Timbers homegrown. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Surreal, Cervania, uh, Paxton, uh, Jesus. So the heart of the team is still homegrowns. All they've done is what the fans have been begging them to do forever is, is you know, okay, you have all these great homegrowns. Wouldn't it be great if you brought in some talent around them and that's, right. they finally listened. They finally right. went out and got talent yeah. to put around the homegrowns. And we, right now it's early, but the fans are getting the best of both worlds. That That's the way it should be in my opinion, right? Like surround, like promote your, your young players, but also surround them with talent because you need veterans at the end of the day to, to develop them. Right. But correct. Personally, me me personally speaking, and anybody that knows football and doesn't want to give FC Dallas credit is just complete ignorance, right? In in terms of youth academy production, right? What what y'all been able to do is is impressive. I'm curious to know 
if you can give us a behind the scenes look, how do the academies work? How do the scouts work? What makes it successful? I know two things that might that might make it that way. I know FC Dallas has very strong ties to I, I don't know which German uh, not German Brazilian club. I know Tigres. Um, so I know y'all have connections with those clubs. I also know in your local area, there's a lot of soccer youth tournaments. For example, like the Dallas Cup that was happening last week. You got kids from 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 19 year olds playing in different tournaments. And I know FC Dallas has like a bunch of teams in those tournaments. Like what, what in your opinion or have you seen uh, contributes to the success that, that your academy uh, has been able to produce the past couple of years because it is damn impressive, sir. Uh, well, I, I will say that, that uh, thank you. And uh, also it has, honestly, there's just a lot of talent in the DFW. There is, there's so much talent in that area that that people who follow, who know the academy, be, academy better than me will tell you that FC Dallas doesn't have the best coaches. They, they don't have the best recruiters. In fact, some people think that some of their best recruiters have left, you know, Pareja, Lucci, the uh, uh, Bazan brothers. Uh, so people who know the academy on the inside will tell you that the academy is a mess. Because, but, yeah, go ahead. You because, and that's, and I know you cover your uh, MLS Pro League, and this is probably a good segue. Pepe played for that team, didn't he? Like North Texas yes. or something yep. like right. that? Was just, right. Yep. right. First signing. Tell us first. about that. Yeah, tell us about, for people that don't know that, tell us tell us that story. Because people think, oh, FC Dallas groomed them, you know. But no, that's not the case. They probably benefit from that talent pool in the North Texas area. And, a well, good, and Go ahead. Tell us the story. I don't yeah, know. Nothing. Yeah, well, and Pepe, ahead, yeah, Pepe was from El Paso area. You know, he was, One of the he was scouted. Yeah, one of the affiliates. So, you know, I think, look, if, I think in MLS, like, if your team, uh, you know, I think all the Major League Soccer teams now are supposed to have their own academy, right? But you got to invest in it. And, and I do think, it, it, while it wasn't a popular decision at time, Dan Hunt and the Hunt family, who they also own the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they, they chose to invest the majority of their dollars in, in this academy, and that, I mean, it's certainly a good thing, a good wise decision, but it's only going to pay off down the road. Like it's going to take time to build those connections, to build the resources, to build those affiliates, to go send out scouting. And of course, Major League Soccer has this weird scouting thing because we have a group of play, a cluster of players that have roots in Alabama. Because for some reason, Al FC Dallas has like had connections there, were able to recruit this. Like Brandon Cervania is a Alabama kid. Like we have this cluster of kids that that came through and really, you know, don't come from the DFW area per se, the North Texas area. So it, it is a, it is a complicated thing. And all of that is changing. It's fluid. Who knows what it's going to look like in the next two or three years. Um, but, uh, but Lucci talked about, you know, and I got to ask him a few times about just scouting Pepe as a, a 16 year old or 15 year old, whatever, you know, and, and getting inviting him and encouraging him to come up and, and then begin a part of that academy program where they go to high school and they train and things. Um, so, but that's all of a sign that that Hunt and them invested in that academy program. Not that it has to be the perfect or has the best coaches, 
or or best tactics or whatever, but they invested in it. They put resources behind it. And it takes time, but eventually it has paid off. I mean, I remember the first homegrown signings for FC Dallas. Those guys, you know, they're not really noteworthy. I think, like, you know, Ruben Luna played for RGV, uh, you know, back in the day. He started with FC Dallas, but played for RGV. Had a couple of good seasons, but, like, he's a real estate agent now. <laughs> I think FC Dallas is a real estate agent. But, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of those early homegrowns. They just did not pan out. But later on, as they keep investing that money, those connections – give those kids opportunities, uh, it starts to pan out. It starts to work. It starts to produce guys who are going to at least be major league soccer roster standbys, right? Key players, right? Jose, what would you add to that? Well, I would say expanding on the academy. Uh, they spend so much money on the academy. They have affiliates everywhere. They, uh, you're talking about the kids from Alabama. Uh I mean, they, they got a FC Dallas affiliate in Emerald Coast, which is, I think it's a Florida. They got uh, uh, two academies in Puerto Rico. They got FC Dallas in Laredo, Monterrey, Mexico. They have an academy there. They have uh, Rio Grande Valley. They have an academy there. Texoma, West Texas. Uh, they got an academy that just opened up uh, in uh, Louisiana. Uh, they have one in Tennessee, I believe. I mean, they got academies everywhere. So so these academies, they siphon their players, their best players, to the main academy there in Frisco. And it's not just that. It's it's, it's not just that. It's it's also the methodology that they use. So uh, in, in, in the academy, people look at, at our current academy teams, the U19s, the U17s the U15s and they look at their records and they go, Oh, you know, well, they're not winning this year. You know, they're not winning the GA cup. They're not winning the, the Dallas cup. They're not winning uh, MLS next. They're competitive, but they're not winning titles. So they must've fallen off. Well, that's not actually correct. The way, the way they do the Academy is let's say you're a 14 year old kid and, and you're playing in the, in the U15s. If you're balling and you're making everybody there, uh, you, you're outplaying everybody there, Dallas will move you up. They'll say, okay, you're too good to be a U15. We're going to move you up to the U17s. And so now they have multiple kids that shouldn't be in the U17 playing for the U17. That's awesome. If you're too good for the U17, guess what? They're bumping you up to the U19. And that goes, and that goes for everybody. There are the U19s right now have mostly been signed to professional deals and sold. I mean, you're talking about Pepe should be a U19. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got uh, Thomas Roberts, you got Dante Seeley, you got a bunch of kids that are out playing pro ball that should be in the U19 program, but they're gone. Who takes their place? the best U17 players are playing U19 ball. I love that. The best U19 players are actually playing with North Texas and so on and so forth. So so Dallas believes, the academy believes that if you are too good for the team that you're in, it's time to move on. And they're going to put you, they, they want to see where you're going to hit that wall. And then they're going to keep you there. Be till you push past that wall. So I know you guys got Dynamo to uh, uh, Dynodos, and I'm gonna tell you right now what to look for. 
Uh, you got Palomino. I see he's tearing it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OSG okay. knows. OSG's Dino Dose. So, my go-to well, guy I can now. tell you because I've, I've watched you guys play it. Yeah. Palomino is oh, tearing no, they it up. No more, tell me, more, tell me. more all of us. Be- before you and, tell me, though, before you tell me, I got some good news. Minute 95, Gol San Antonio. They're up 2-1. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But go uh, ahead. So, yeah. But let me tell you. You do you think he's too good for this level? For the next pro level? Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. We Okay. And so so here's the thing is he'll probably play at this level maybe the whole season, you know, he, maybe they'll give him some time with the senior team, but he'll mostly play at this level. But come next year, this is what you need to watch for is now you know he's too good to be playing at this level. So why would he spend another year at this level? He shouldn't. He should be moving on somewhere else. So we have a guy playing right now uh, with San Antonio, and that's uh, Nicky Hernandez. He was with North Texas last year. And last year, at the end of the year, we knew he was too good. So when we heard this year that he was going to be going back with North Texas because he wasn't good enough for, the, for, for FC Dallas, we we're like, that's a problem. We already know he's too good to be playing there. So when they said, hey, we're loaning him to a USL championship, we all said, there you go. That's his next level. He's too good for North Texas. He needs to move to a higher level. That's the USL championship. So that's what's in store for your good players. If there's several players. I think you got uh, Brooklyn. Reigns looks really good right now also. Yep. Uh, so you got a couple of kids on there that – I know it's early, but let's say they keep this level of play all season long. You should be disappointed if next year they're still playing for, for your Dynamo Dos. That's the truth. Yeah. Because because yeah. that's that's how that's why FC Dallas is so effective. It's because they challenge their players to move up. Move up and move up. You're too good to be at this level. We will not send you back there no more. We're going right, to find yeah. you somewhere higher. And if it's not at our level, we're going to loan you out. We've got Dante Sealy on loan in Europe. Thomas Roberts on loan in Europe. Um, Justin Chase technically on loan. He's not even sold yet. People, We all assume he's gone, but he's still actually on loan. So those are players that were too good, too good to play for North Texas. So and- I'll tell you my perspective, and then OSG, you can clean it up, buddy. So personally, I, I personally feel there's a lot of talent, just like there is in the DFW area. I feel like there's a lot of talent in Houston. But the Dynamo hasn't done that, what you what you said Dallas has done, which is set up different satellite networks in different parts of Houston. Like, So, so I'll give you an example. Basically, think of setting up a network in Plano. Think of setting up a network like in South Dallas one in Fort Worth, like we haven't done that here in Houston. And there's so much talent to be, to be uh, scouted. Secondly. Well, and and that, that's what uh, Pat Onstad, you know, of course he's our new GM coming in following Ted Siegel. He, he, the problem he noticed with our youth organization, there was, there's no connection to the dynamo and the community aspect of all those youths, those youth clubs. And they, so he's trying to reconnect all the youth, academies together and bring them uh, as a unit together to where the best players can 
finally find the right path. And, and, and I think me, that's what y'all have. Let me intervene here real quick and just point out, since yeah. you brought that up, the other reason the LC Dallas Academy, North Texas, is so effective is Dallas believes in full integration. So if mm-hmm. a kid, if the kids are playing good in the academy, they'll have them train with the senior team. They'll have them play, uh, train with North Texas. They'll have North Texas players train with the senior team. There's full integration up and down. So that's why North Texas is such a good team this year. It's not, they don't have better talent than a lot of teams, but they're a real team. The players on that roster have been playing together for at least a year before this season or longer because they either have played for North Texas or have played for the Academy. So, and they've all played the same system up and down. So they know their roles. So North Texas can plug in any player and have minimal drop. And so North Texas, I will tell you right now, they may not be the most talented team in the, in the MLS next pro. They're just a pure team in unison and the, the parts move together as a whole. And that's, they're a, a, a true team. And that's why your Dynamo Dose are, are doing so good because they're basically your U23 team from last year, right? Same manager, simply you yeah. guys simply added some upgraded players, you know, but so, your yeah, team so already existed. Yeah. Your yeah. team already existed. They already had a method. They already had the same, they believe it's the same manager, right? So we will, uh, yeah, but the 23 team. So I'm just saying the fact that they were already an existing team, it matters. There's a lot of teams in MLS Next Pro that are just a bunch of players playing together for the first time. Yes or no question. If my kid is good in the Dallas area and, and FC Dallas scouts him, does he have to pay? Do we have to pay for him to be in the academy? Um, if you're saying he's good enough for the academy, no. No, the, 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 I know people are saying that there's that, you know, what's that, that pay to play. That's, not, that's the case here in the Dynamo Academy. So, you gotta pay so to play. I, I don't doubt that that's the case for, for, uh, some affiliates, but if you're a really good player, that's all that you don't have to pay. So even for example, let's say I was, I follow some of the affiliates and, uh, Let's say uh, FC Dallas, Mexico, which plays in the fourth division in, in Mexico. They have a professional team, and their academy has like uh, 20 scholarships. So at least 20 of their players are playing, 20 of their best players are playing for free. That is amazing. So so I'm not saying it's all pay, that there isn't pay, right, pay right, to play, right. but I'm just saying if, you're, if your kid is really good, he's probably not having to pay at all. Yeah, no, here in Houston is pay to play, man. Yeah, that's, that's something I think and that's not something good. that teams have to get away with. I understand that mm-hmm. that you need it to make money, but your best players, you're trying to attract, you're trying to recruit right. players and say, We're gonna make you a star, they shouldn't have to pay to play for you then. Yeah. And you, you touched on it and then OG can can chime in like for me personally, I like the Dyna Dose because it gives us a chance to develop those young, uh, those youth academy stars, right? Yep. And also helps break in, hopefully, the Palominos to the first team. Like, if Palomino doesn't break into the first team this year, then you're right. He's going to go look for opportunities elsewhere. Well, know? well, he, he doesn't have to look for opportunities elsewhere. 
Houston should manage where he goes next. So yeah. they should manage him and say, okay, you know what? You, you're too good for that level, but we don't think you're ready to give us significant minutes. So now we're going to send you, send you, yeah, send you to RGV, you know, yeah. uh, send you to San Antonio or maybe the new, the new Fort Worth team coming up. Some place, saw that. Yeah. Some place that's not too far because you right. don't, well, you want to be able to keep an eye on them. Go ahead, I'll OG. tell you what we what we expect on, on Palomino. Palomino is he's, he's the captain right now down at Dos, and uh, he's the what the fans and everybody are expecting, and what we think we're seeing. Of course, Nagamore is coming in as a brand new coach, so it's uh, kind of hard for Palomino to make that first. But he's the Cantero replacement in the in the in the making. So we'll we'll see him get the first team minutes this season, I believe, and uh, quite significantly. And then next season, you know, he's he's on the starting team, and if he's not with the Dynamo, then yeah, man, I, I agree. We should we should put him out and uh, let him improve his skills and on a loan, and then bring him back when we have time to put him on the starting lineup. But uh, we, we we believe he's the he's the first one that's coming from Don Dose that's got a spot on on the first team, and it it is Palomino. So we're we're not letting that guy go nowhere. There you go. Yeah, sounds good. And, you know, y'all, when we start talking about, like, academies and stuff and these players, it gets true, like, soccer nerd talk. I think we're all soccer nerds. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting this weekend. You know, uh, I'm going to go with Jose's rankings, but I, I think, Jose, you said what was uh, North Texas was two. I and... actually have uh, Houston and North Texas tied for two because i figured since they're going to play they can settle that score so i have them tied they're both they're code number twos code number twos and, and uh and, as, uh, yeah go, go ahead. ahead well i was going to say the truth is is that the top three teams st louis north texas and houston you can name any one of those teams as the number one team they each have right. played where you could say that's the number one team and you can make an argument for it the reason i picked st louis it's because they're they're on cheat mode. They've got like eight guys that are going to yeah. be in MLS. They're MLS level players on their roster. And and mind you, they have like four more players of that level or higher coming in July. And Houston doesn't get to play them at home, where they have the best chance to beat them until after July. And North Texas doesn't get to play them at all until August. When oh, wow. St. Louis will be at full strength, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy, but before the reinforcements arrive, St. Louis is going to play eight of their 14 games at home, and they're not going to play any of the top teams on the road. Not, not, not Houston, not North Texas. They're not going to play uh, Tacoma, who's pretty good on uh, at home. They're gonna play those teams once they're full strength. Yeah, <laughs> so, what was this part of their expansion deal? Yeah, I don't know. I just tell you right now that St. Louis is the number one team, not because I, I think if they played Houston in Houston or North Texas, North Texas, they would take an L right now. But that we're not gonna get a chance to give them an L. By the time by the time they, they show up at our doorsteps, they're gonna have a young DP and a U22 initiative guy on their roster, <laughs> a couple <Wow>. internationals <laughs> that that shouldn't be playing at this level. In all honesty, 
So well, they're gonna I be hope, they're they're gonna be a, a MLS team. I hope somebody stops them when it comes playoff time. Then uh, I think Minnesota's got a good shot this weekend, by the way, because uh, okay. St. Louis yeah. went into extra time, and and they went they went to extra time against uh, Louisville, into the extra periods, and St. Louis has no depth at all. They they they're top 14 players I think are adults and then the rest of the team is all U17 kids wow. so Minnesota has a good shot at knocking them at least giving them a draw this weekend so keep an eye out for that that's Minnesota is another team that's playing like their senior team, team players on, on their reserve team that's why they have a shot wow well, I'm, I'm making the drive up from Austin to Dallas this weekend for the, the – I don't know if you guys – I'm sure you guys know the doubleheader on, on Saturday. Oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sticking around for, for both games. Looking forward and, to it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping uh, Donna Dose can perform. They've only – they've played, what, I think, Sporting KC on the road, and that's it so far. And uh, they, they looked very good, 3 nothing. And I'm, I'm hoping we can perform well, and we know who we're playing. So I'm 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 looking for a very good game and uh, Jose, what do you I'm, expect? I'm gonna, tell you, I'm gonna tell you straight right now, and I've told this to to on our podcast. I've told to his guys that I I see three teams, and only three teams in the Western Conference that could come into North Texas, who is an excellent home team, excellent home team. They've only had three losses, in three years. Well, this is the fourth year now, so they only have three losses ever, and. They've never lost to an MLS two team at home. They've only lost to uh, Greenville Triumph and uh, Chattanooga Red Wolves. Those are the only two teams that have been able to beat North Texas wow. in North Texas. So they're almost impossible to beat at home. But there are three teams, I said, in the Western Conference that could come into North Texas and hand us an L. And Houston's one of those teams because of the style they play. You guys to beat the, the the playbook on beating North Texas from USL League One is you have to be a really good defensive team. You have to keep your shape. You have to be able to hit North Texas on the counter and uh, and you and you have to have excellent set piece taking. Cool. All right. All and three, Houston all has three. the fourth thing they need and the one thing that your team lacks. And, and and the reason the reason you know I'm not handing you guys the W, yeah, is you can't turn the ball over against North Texas because North Texas will punish you. They they will high press. They don't. I'm not saying they're relentless high press team. They're like the senior team. They basically they pick they there's triggers. They'll high press you in spots, but when they do high press you, you'll feel it, and they will force turnovers. And you don't want to turn the ball over against North Texas on your side of the field because North Texas will score quickly. That's what they're known for. And that's how they that's how that's how they, they beat teams. Another thing so is that- another thing is you do not want to get into a, a, a high scoring game with North Texas. North Texas wants a free flowing open game. We have weapons everywhere. Our our strength is our midfield. Uh, we got Ferry, um, Waldeck, uh, Santi Ferreira is our midfield, and then our attackers are Hope Abayevu, Bernard Camungo, who's basically our Palomino, by the way. 
he's the guy that's that's gonna you know kill kill you, kill you out of nowhere and uh we just got this kid from uh Bayern on loan uh mulatto who just arrived and he has he started he hasn't started yet he played a half last week the kid is a beast so offensively north texas will is a very opportunistic our weakness is our defense by the way so you guys do have hope i expect this to be a drawish game it'll come down to who can score that one goal it could be a 1-0 it'll either be it'll either be a 1-0 scoreline or a, a draw so uh, my concern is in order to beat north texas you got to be able to score early and that's one thing that Houston Dynamo, two have done in every game. They scored uh, in the 20th minute, the first game, then in the seventh minute, the eighth minute, and I think this last game was the 28th minute. And you need to do that against North Texas if you want to walk out of there with a W or at least a draw. So they have all the intangibles to pull it off now. Can they just play their game? And exactly. And... I'm just saying. I I think it's going to be yeah. an even game. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I. Supremacy is on the line, I think. You know, I think whoever wins this game should be the considered the top dog, regardless of what St. Louis does. Well, let's let's do it then. I lo- look forward to it. I'll be there in person, and uh, obviously I'll be following you to see what your uh, reactions are. <laughs> I'll be checking up on you guys too, because because yeah, I definitely want to see what what uh, what y'all got to say about it. Because I like I said, I think that's a top notch game, and it's a sad shame. They it better. I hope it's the game of the week. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but MLS, MLS Next Pro has a game of the week, in which case they'll have multiple cameras, not just the one oh. automatic auto camera. <laughs> so wow. hopefully yeah. it's game of the week, because if it is, it'll get the multi-camera treatment. You saw nice. that, Nate? I want, you know, nice. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's watching the Austin game in the background. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, I, by the and, way, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard, but there are some breaking news about North Texas and Houston Dynamo too, in case uh-oh. you guys didn't hear. Uh, Break your, them on your, Dynalytic. Your, your young goalkeeper that started your first three games. What's his name? Right. Xavier, Xavier Valdez, okay. yeah. He won't be with your team this weekend. And our starting Wait. goalkeeper, who's been just a monster, uh, Carrera, he also will not be at the game. Because they have both been called into the U.S. Uh, U-20 camp for this weekend. All right. And so, that's, that's, that's your breaking news. All right. That's my breaking news. They've both been called in. Uh, we not certain who is going to start. I th- believe the guy that started for your U.S. Open Cup will probably start for you guys, right? Yeah, Nelson will start for us. That's yeah, a, We're not certain. We, 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 we have two or three candidates. So uh, all good, but not – Will there'll definitely be a drop off, unless unless we get one of the first team guys. Uh, I don't know if that would. I don't think Dallas would send uh, Jimmy down. So, right. My guess, our guess is Seth Wilson, who is uh, he's aged out of the U19 Academy, and he's on an amateur contract because I believe he's going to college. So until college starts, he's playing for North Texas, and he'll probably be the starter. 
but really? that will be the concern is our normal starter will not be at the game. Well, that'll be interesting for us because uh, all we have is the three keepers. So uh, I don't know if they'll, they'll, they'll keep Nelson as the backup for the Dynamo and they'll start somebody else. I, I, that'll be curious to see what yeah, they do so there. That's, yeah, that's, that'll be interesting because, it, it, you know, it's – they have to declare it. They have to declare it Friday Friday night. They have to declare who's going to be on the roster. Right. And and uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't say who's going to start for for North Texas for sure. Well, well, like you said, I'm looking I'm looking for a good game, and that, you know that that'll be the the young boys playing before after right yeah after the after, big boys five p.m. So, yeah, like, you know let's let's get into let's get into that game. Um, so, Copa so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys right now because I know you guys told me that you wanted to know the honest opinion of what SC Dallas yeah. thinks yeah, of man. Houston. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you what the fans, the Houston fans think. The honest truth is we think y'all are uh some lucky mofos right now because mm-hmm. we all are w- wishing we had your schedule. So as oh, far yeah. as FC yeah, Dallas yeah. fans are concerned, yeah. we think you guys are been more lucky than good, and the FC Dallas fans are drooling at the chance to uh, <laughs> knock you guys back to reality. So that's the mm-hmm. honest truth. The honest truth is we're looking at your schedule, and mind you, it's not Austin FC soft, but we think you guys' schedule is really soft. Nah, I right. would agree with that. Yeah, five five home games out of seven as, as well, and we, you know, we're annoyed that we've been dropping points at home, and we noticed that y'all haven't. Yeah, I think y'all only dropped two points. You got three wins and a tie at home, and we're dropping points over here. So yeah, we've been disappointed too, and you know, we, we got our our road worries still to linger, even though we got our first road win in two years. But uh, you know, we're we're hopeful, optimistic, and we we've, we've been everything's been looking at the right in the right direction. And, you know, we've been playing competitive and looking better against Colorado and Portland. So uh, we're going to bring it up there to, to FC Dallas this weekend. And uh, well, we're going to bring every you, bit of, I can tell you the FC Dallas fans ex- expect to win and, and they will be not, not happy with anything but a win. So if you guys walk out of here with any points whatsoever, you bet that all the FC Dallas fans would be upset or moaning or crying about it. <laughs> The, the way I, I see it, it is like this is a like the schedule's been soft for us, and thankfully we've been able to get three points on some on most of these matches. For for me personally, I look at this match like the true measuring stick. Like, are we are we for real? Like, can we contend for for a playoff spot this year, or mm. validation to what you just said? Right. So maybe we might lose, but if we hang with y'all and play y'all two or two, I don't know how to say that in English. Um, toe to toe, then I'm I'm I, I'm not tripping about losing or drawing. I, I, I think in Spanish is mano a mano. Mano a mano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, that's the way I that's the way I look I look at this match. But mm-hmm. OSG can definitely give you a, a, a quick run on how we play. But you said Dallas plays like the U.S. men's national team. Yes, that's correct. I've seen the U.S. men's national team, and I still don't understand what their system. Is. <laughs> can you? Please elaborate. Uh, you want to take it, Nathan? You want to jump in? Well, it's like a yeah, it's like a four three three. You know, it's that Burhalter like the crew Columbus crew would play, which is you know very possession based, trying to 
to disorganize your opponent, get get the ball forward, possess the ball, get it into attacking spaces. So, you know, uh, Jesus really fits. Jesus Ferreira really fits great as a number nine. False nine, kind yeah. Of a false nine, like, uh, you know, just moving. He's using his movement to get into space, create opportunities for other players or, you know, for other players to create them for – uh, create those opportunities for him and, and and like so for example we have a, a winger on our roster Haider Obrian a Colombian player who is speedy who's fast he scored in our open cup match um started last year yeah started last year a lot kind of came on stronger to the second half of the season uh he kind of resembles that sort of a younger Michael Barrios although I think Barrios is is probably a it's been more will be more productive than Haider but uh, you know uh Hyder doesn't fit really this style. He's sort of that, he's an example of that kind of leftover guy. He, he's a useful piece on an MLS roster. You always need speedy guys who can come on late, who can, you can use to, as, as depth. Play the but, long ball uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. You play the long ball too, but, but no, uh, you know, Nico wants to build those opportunities out of the back. He wants to, um, he, he definitely wants that one sort of defensive mid, which is often Cerillo or, or uh, Quinone. Um, and then, and then two midfielders who, who can get more attacking opportunities, who can roam around, and that's kind of the, the danger. Yeah, yeah dual aids. It's kind of the danger because if they if they don't use their space, if they're not on, then they can leave space. They can get stretched out, and that creates opportunities. And so we saw that, for example, in this uh, this road match against the Red Bulls. Red Bulls pressed, and we just for the first half, especially. FC Dallas couldn't get the ball out of her own half. It was it was not good. It was it was not inspiring. If it wasn't for our goalkeeper, we surely could have given up a goal or two. Um, so, still definitely feels like a work in progress. Definitely like a lot of pieces that need to come together. A team that needs to get cohesive. But we're all about uh, you know Paxton. We're all hoping that Paxton Pomical is one of those homegrowns who's who's injured most of last season that if he can take off, if he can really get and serve those dangerous balls in and help create those opportunities, get the ball out to the wingers quickly. And, and they get those opportunities inside to Jesus or to other players that we can really be a devastating attack. Yeah. Pax um, is kind of like a 10 almost. He's, he's your quarterback. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, the guy next to him, the other eight Cervania, he's more of your box to box guy. That guy is everywhere. Um, and, and, uh, Syria, of course, is more of your, uh, he's been playing kind of like a, like a third center back at times back there. Um, but yes, like, like, uh, also the, 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 the left back and the right back in Lucci's system, he would send both of them forward, but in this system, only they alternate who goes, you know, they, they don't, he doesn't send both fullbacks forward. One will stay back to defend and, and, uh. One will go forward, but they never do it both simultaneously. Well, you know uh, what, what Houston's going to do. That that this this could be interesting. And uh, you know, I've seen I've seen uh, I think a couple of games and then watch a bunch of highlights. So I see that uh, how y'all like to to use Fidea. Uh, we're gonna being an away game and being FC Dallas and us being the obvious underdogs in Nagamore probably going to know that in the new style we're still trying to learn. He's going to, he's going to sit back and compress the middle. Well, so we do a four, three, three, which he basically it's a four, two, three, one, 
but it looks like a four four one one. You know, so uh, whatever you want to call it, but uh, they're going to compress the middle. They're going to sit back. They're going to allow you to play your wingers and uh, allow you to get those crosses in and to just defend those crosses. And then they'll work their way back out of the back and go out to our wingers and work our way up. They're not going to try to, to counter fast. They will try to possess back out of the back and work their way back up as a team. But uh it's, it's going to be hard because when we are attacking Cantero, who will be starting under Seabass, uh, he'll take up a lot of his space and uh, be he'll be a lot of creativity, but it takes away from Seabass uh, a lot of the time and what Seabass is trying to do. And uh, we're not getting our direct crosses in towards Seabass in the, the box. So we're hoping that we can do that this weekend. And that's a little bit of the style. So... Unless Nagamore makes any changes, it kind of leads into the way y'all play, the way we're going to defend. But it's it's been working, per se, besides San Jose. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how both styles play out against each other and who takes momentum in that first 20 minutes of the game, I think. Yeah, momentum's a big deal. Uh, Colorado was out playing FC Dallas in their last uh, in our last home game. And we're actually up 1-0. And then right right as the halves come to an end, we had uh, Cervania just hit a golazo for the ages, man. Uh, and we went we went into halftime 1-1, and it totally changed the momentum. And then it was all FC Dallas after that in the second half. You know, so, so that is definitely uh, – it, it's – and Dallas does play for momentum, so you can't. You will see momentum swings, and in, in, in I fully expect it against Houston. But it's what you do with that momentum. You know, if you you have to basically get points out of that, or it can quickly go the other way. So, yeah, absolutely. You have to stop a PK and then finish the cross to get out of the Open Cup game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Take advantage right. of the one, momentum. <laughs> yeah, one little thing too, an interesting nugget too, is that just FC Dallas has started this season with a return to form for a strong defensive back line. Just a strong, uh, haven't you know we're, we're up there as far as goals allowed in the league, um, near the top. And um, I, I act I actually got to ask Martin Pass, our our goalkeeper, about that, and he's really proud of that. It's something they're working on. So yeah, like. Uh, uh, Last season was was miserable. It was just we had a we had a lot of injuries along the back line. Matt Hedges was out for a large portion of it, but so far Matt Hedges, Jose Martinez have have kind of been this veteran duo, and and we have some depth. But Farfan has been good, and our right back has been up and down, whether it's Tumasi or Nanu. Um, but but they have returned to some sense of form, and if you know in this league, if you can prevent people from scoring, you're going to do all right. You're going to you're going to keep yourself in it. Um, so I, I'm just curious too if you all feel like like defensively, Houston has has also kind of turned a corner in that sense. I mean, I, y'all y'all used to rely on on Minor Figueroa as one of those center backs. Oh yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> but so uh, rock so. <laughs> Yeah, well, our, you know, I've been to – I am a season ticket holder for Houston. I've been to every every Houston game. I've been to an actual few road games. I went to y'all's preseason match that y'all hosted uh, with us. And uh, I like to I like to watch and I like to individual watch. But uh, 
lately Houston has been playing really their lines have been really looking cohesive together as defensively and the units have been playing real cohesive together and uh, it's it's been encouraging so uh, they're they're definitely gonna the, the stick with that pressure and they'll when we lose lose the ball they'll high press I don't know how high they'll do it this time. They're typically three-quarter field, but it might be just about half-field press this time being a, an away match. But, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be curious. Lost my train of thought there. Um, so we, we play we play kind of similar like uh, we – on paper it's a 4-3-3, but it later gets amended in-game, right? And it essentially gets amended to two CDMs, a cam, and then your two left and right midfielder. Um, like OSG touched on, we also uh, broke our transfer fee this offseason for, for our number nine striker, Sebas Ferreira. So if he gets an opportunity in the box, I expect him to bury it. The problem is we lack creativity in our midfield, and we haven't been able to supply him with clear scoring opportunities. Um, I believe... Uh, and, and the only place that will come is from Darwin Quintero. Aside from Darwin Quintero, I, I, I don't see a Dynamo creating dangerous, dangerous. Well, play. your your deep midfield creator is Coco Caristia, and your your inbox and right outside the box is Quintero, where he makes that final little touch that you don't expect to happen. And so you get two different type of creative players there. And then. Uh, in the back line, um, yes, we, we have been better this year, but in my opinion, recently, um, has to, yeah, that's amazing, right? <laughs> How'd that thing go in? <laughs> Hopefully, they don't give uh, them our, a penalty. RSL right? just lost, by the way. Real solid. Wow. Yep, they lost yeah. to the Hailstorm, uh, 1 0. Wow. wow, good for the USL teams, man. Yeah, yeah, USL League One. Yeah. Team, holy crap! <laughs> they did it. Those sons of guns did it, dude. So, all right, they you were saying sorry to interrupt, but no, yeah. no, no, that's crazy. Hey. All right, so Austin's Austin's out. That's crazy. San Antonio's celebrating, but uh, you know, speaking of our our defense, uh, we're 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 kind of hurting and playing deaf. Bartlow, who's been on the uh, last year's first round pick, been playing with Dada Dose, finally got it to the first team and been starting the last two games because Steras has been hurt. And Teenage Hadebe took a two two yellows last game, so he won't be playing against y'all. And I know a, a lot of people know about Parker, and he's not very reliable, but he's he's been holding it down so far for us this year. So you, you, you got something new still building right there, so you can take advantage of that as well. So, so Teenage it was your starter, right? Yes, teenagers are our DP. Are our, and uh, our, I don't know. I don't know. If Rev knows how how he got his second yellow. So I'll let you guys tell him. Oh man, it, the, the the I don't even know what that was. We were complaining about the ref. He just I don't. I think he just would he step on his shoelace or something. I don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought he he didn't didn't he uh, take off his shirt or something like that. He already had a yellow. No. Oh, so that was. When he scored against San Jose, he took his shirt off. But in right. in this game, he his first yellow card. He he went up defensively and uh, he missed the ball and headbutted another player. 
and that dude oh, was bleeding like instantly. So that was the first yellow card. He, and then the he, second he yellow is, card was that weak one. He is strong. He is tall. He is fast. Like he's a great center back. His only flaw, he's very clumsy, man. <laughs> and he's left footed. And he's not afraid of pushing up. So don't be surprised to try and see him through ball from the back line. It's in a through ball. Come on, you had you had to mention clumsy. And Jose just said he watched the RGV game on Tuesday yesterday. And who scored a goal for RGV? Wasn't that teenager Davy? <laughs> it was like a. It was like like a like a bicycle kick or something like that. It was weird. Yeah, yeah it was a jump it. jump scissor kick. Yep, scissor kick. Yeah, yeah. deflect it back into your guys' goal. Yeah. What kind of game is this? A one-one own goal game. Yeah. Hey man, mm-hmm. own goal is a legend, man. He had a brace in that game, so <laughs> respect. <laughs> yeah. But what I was gonna finish up and say is that like our back line the past couple of weeks, OSG, is it's been giving up goals, you know, like it, it hasn't Granted, it wasn't challenged as much in the beginning, like they touched on the schedule. But like these past couple of weeks, man, like we we've given up three goals to San Jose, <laughs> zero to Portland, and the on own goal, goal, on own goal to RGV and a stop PK. So only one game have we been given up goals. So they've been defensively sound, and just San Jose was able to counter and score, and yeah. and that. That's where Dallas will be able to take advantage if they can counter and get that ball in before we're allowed to set back and defend. But Houston's been playing well and getting back defensively and soundly. And, you know, uh, we you'll have your Papa and uh, Pasher on their wings coming back They'll and defending back. in the middle. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it, it's all going to matter. Like like we all said earlier, it's who's going to get that momentum and who's going to provide that, that possession and there's mm-hmm. that aggressiveness and that – we're gonna be. This is how you're gonna play today, and we're gonna make that sure that happens. Let's do. Let's do a roundtable. Final scores. Nathan, go first. Um. Yeah. I. I I'm thinking a two nothing. I. I just think uh, FC Dallas is in pretty decent form. Not perfect form. I. I think. I think Houston's gonna have some chances and gonna threaten in some moments. But yeah. I, I just think it's at home. The way FC Dallas has been playing at home has been pretty strong. And they should be fairly rested for this the, this match. So like a two nothing, um, you know, maybe a goal from Jesus and somebody else from Ariola, perhaps. What you think, Chico? Uh, I'm gonna go three zero. I think I, I think uh, once it rains, it pours, and I think I think it'll be a close first half. But I think I think once Dallas gets that first goal, you'll see. Uh, Houston open up a little, trying to trying to get it back, and I think they'll get hit on the counter at least twice. Um, right, my, my, I would say a brace for for Jesus and a goal from Ariola. OSG. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I, I like that Jose. If you you know you get that goal and then you take that momentum and you score pretty quick, then you just kill the game. But I I do think Dallas is going to win the game, and I think it's going to be two to one. But I, I think you're going to get a little more competitive out of Houston than what uh, y'all are probably expecting up there. And, and I hope they prove me right. But uh, two to one FC Dallas, and my goal is coming from Papa. Uh, he's going to take one of those counters and finally put it in the net like we've been asking him to. 
Did Fafa play for FC Dallas back in the day? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's uh, actually the one player that I think the fans are worried about. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> See, he went off on us last year. Yes, he and, did. You know, they still yeah. remember that. Like a, a Lucci yeah. revenge game or something. That's but... right. No, that <laughs> sucker, we're going to try and give him a through ball, man. Take a bench of that yeah. speed. Go he, he's mad. He wants to. Fafa wants to get back on the national team. So I, I think he's got something else to prove here. But besides just playing for a club right now, he's he's playing for club and country. And you know, like y'all said, Dallas is an intake to the the national team. So you know, Fafa's gonna come and show it. And I hope I hope he's the one who wins the game for us. And you know, Estevez calls uh, Burhalter and says, "Hey, you know, call Fafa up, please." <laughs> but. Well, he got to bury those chances. Hopefully he does this weekend. But me, you can call me a homer. I'm a fan. I'm not a professional writer like y'all. I think a 1-1 draw. So that's my thought. 1-1 draw. Not a professional writer, no. (laughs) It's possible, though. You know, it's just that's the thing. You know, we. That's the thing with rivalries, though, is, is, you know, you know, your rival's going to show up. And even if you think they're, they're, they're going to take it now. They're thinking they're going to come in here and give you the L, and they're certainly going to play play you harder and tougher than anybody else. So, so honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if if Houston gives us a, a rough time, and you know we're having to claw just to just to get a W or 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 save a draw. So yeah, no, I mean that's that's what makes the rivalry the rivalries. You know, you know that last year Houston came came to Frisco and and took a one one draw in our first game. So. That, that's a real possibility. Well, I, I even tell you some stat lines that, that are kind of interesting that lays off to that rivalry. Uh, but we're 14, 16, and 14 against y'all. It's uh, And so and y'all are vice versa. So we, we're going to have someone separate that. Uh, 15 in a row home. Uh, no, somebody hasn't lost 15 games in a row, seven wins and eight draws. So y'all got the advantage there. Last time was Dallas beat Houston in 2016. Uh, you're also Dallas is also unbeaten 11 straight games in a row against Houston at home, seven wins and four draws, and uh, 13 in rows the record uh, for MLS. And both teams right now, including the Open Cup, are on six game unbeaten streaks. So something's got to break. Mm-hmm. Some stats for your ass. Yeah. I just want to say that. that's pretty good. That's pretty good research right there, OSG. I, <laughs> um, I just want to say, uh, OSG, you're going to the game, you said? Yes, sir, uh, I, I am. Believe, now, I, I believe from what I've been hearing from the guys from El Matador is that uh, FC Dallas has been working on, on setting up something special just in time for the game uh, at the North End. Is that right, Nathan? They're putting up some kind of a Bingo on the TIFO. Kind of dis- yeah. no, some kind of display or something. Some they're they're, oh, okay. they're putting up some kind of uh uh something that'll be noticeable and will be used for the celebrations and whatnot. So so I'm oh, not quite certain what it's gonna be. Right. The Copa Tejas trophy. <laughs> so the the in the north end is that kind of the stage. They used to have the beer garden there, and so they're they're trying to figure out what to do with that space. I was gonna so, ask uh, about that space, bro. Like it's yeah. so empty, man. That's yeah. the city. Yeah. The city it, the city owns the stadium and they want that stage there. So I uh Dallas is putting something up there in time for the Houston game. Uh I'm not sure quite what it is. I know the guys have been talking about it because we're not certain exactly what it's going to be. 
but it's it's should be uh st- it should stand out while you're at the game. <laughs> oh wow. Um, Curious. I feel like we're not gonna like it, OSG. <laughs> Just people <laughs> laugh at the well, end. <laughs> have have a good time. Like you know, they got this new like monster taco thing that you can buy that like. We'll have you run into the bathroom by halfway through. So, you know, just enjoy, you know, once you're up there, just enjoy, enjoy the cheap beer. I don't know if it's as good as Houston beer, but enjoy. <laughs> well, I'll um, actually be with the, with the supporter group for, for Houston. So uh, we're, we're limited as to what we could actually do in the stadium while we're there. Uh, so yeah. uh, okay. let me ask you what, what's the ticket price for supporters traveling to, to Frisco. So I, I, I guess I can I guess I can let that go. I don't know if it's a secret or anything like that. No, uh, but I paid twenty five bucks. All right, that's what we thought. That's that's what our informants were saying. Is it was twenty five? I was just asking because we got word that the guys from Amatador, when if they want to go to the Austin game, it's seventy dollars. Yes, I, I've I've heard that as as that's, well. It's just crazy. Yeah, and I know answer, that bro. coming Fuck next weekend, Austin, Austin comes to Houston, and they're paying forty-two dollars to come Damn, to Houston. Wow. wow, that's a lot, dude. Damn. But that's oh, just no, the yeah. bus. That's the bus ride included. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we guess nowadays. I'll that's take a that. good deal. <laughs> yeah, we guess nowadays, bro. <laughs> How much is gas over there, y'all? Three fifty, three sixty. Yeah. I paid three fifty five at Costco today, man. Hey, <laughs> I'm having to do the same thing, bro. I'm going to Sam's Club, man. <laughs> uh, last time I, I guessed up, it was uh, three sixty nine over here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll take forty two bucks, including the bus ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, twenty twenty five for Houston to, to Dallas, but uh, you know we we're, right. we're uh, we'll be. Uh, caddy corner to where the Dallas supporters sit. We'll, we'll be closest to that stage, so we'll be closest to whatever it is you say we're not going to be interested in looking at. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. You, you got the uh, Matador guys, and you got the Beer Garden guys there. Uh, uh, I'd recommend uh, the the Beer Garden guys are basically the more obnoxious group. So the Matador guys are usually pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, go have a good time. You'll have a good time. It'll be a nice experience. You'll see that stadium. And, you know, it hasn't aged super well, but it's still a very, you know, there's not a really a bad seat in the house. It's a it's a decent stadium. It just, if it's sunny, well, actually, it's going to be 3 o'clock, right? It's a 3, three o'clock game, 2 o'clock game. 2 o'clock it, central, yeah. yeah 3 o'clock yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Like, that. The if it's a sunny game, though, and you're on that east side, you'll get baked. So just, just bring some sunscreen, you know, bring some, some, some lotion there. To... We, we are on that East side. So yeah, yeah. we're going to be sitting in the sun and I'm staying for the second game too. So I definitely yeah. you'll be, be feeling the heat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. hoping for some, some cloud cover. All right. Yeah. Nathan, thank you so much, man. I know it's almost midnight by you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So OSG, if you, I'll, I'll I'll leave it to you to touch on the last points and and wrap us up, man. Man, that was that was you know that was it. We got a, we got our predictions and everything else, and you know, and guys, thank y'all for for hopping on with us. And you know, I look, uh, Jose, we'll continue to to, to talk on Twitter, and uh, oh, yeah. I'm gonna go listen yeah, to y'all. That's like a troll, man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's got a lot uh, of good information. He's got a lot of good information. Right. But if I run into any uh, Houston uh, transfer rumors in the future, I'll, I'll I'll throw them your way. I'm pretty good at finding that sort of stuff. Hey, please do, because our freaking fans, they love to hear anything uh, rumored to us, man. Oh, uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, if I run to anything, I'll, I'll just hand it off to one of you guys, and you guys, you guys. Can oh, that'll be, there. that'll be awesome, man. That'll be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Right. We got, we got one rumor we got to spread today, though. Know? So we'll still, we'll still let everybody know about the keepers. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that meme. Uh, you got any more transfer rumors? You know, you know the meme I'm talking about. Yeah, the the one from uh, Chappelle show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Good stuff. Hey, so guys, next, so we're gonna have fun this weekend, and next time we meet, uh, it's supposed to be Her- Hector Herrera's first game, and we're we're looking for him to come in and and oh, not yeah. make a godly change, but oh yeah, hell of a signing, uh, man. Hell of a yeah. Good signing, good sign. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. We're, wow. We're ready for it. Because of that, Coco Karasi is going to end up staying, uh, is what we're hearing. So that's that's a bonus for us. So we're we're hoping to be competitive, and both of us, and maybe if Aston over there can get their shit together, but make the playoffs and get Texas. All I mean three. that that's what the goal should be is is stay as high, you know, high up the table as you can until Herrera gets here, and then make the run. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so we, we we got some 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 points to get there, and we're gonna start Saturday. The only thing I hate about Toyota Stadium, man, is like you gotta take like it's in north of Dallas, you know, in Plano, nice suburb or at least part of it. Risco, Risco, man. Yeah, you see, it's you not got, even in Dallas, the- man. That confuses oh, me, man. Damn, dude. But I got fucking um. I have the easy tag, which is the Houston or Texas mm. toll tag. And I took the freaking tolls up there and I still got billed, man. What the hell? Like, it was, my, my tag was supposed to be covering <laughs> it and I still got billed, man. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. We got two license plates. No. <laughs> yeah. They'll get you. That's the, yeah. Yeah, they got me. Suck. <laughs> Hey, but guys, thank you again. For appreciate right, it. Sorry, it's so us. late for hey, y'all, man. Yeah. OSG, thanks for having us. Been a yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having us. And uh, yeah. maybe we can do it again next time when Herrera shows up. Yeah, that'll be fun, man, for sure. Yeah, again, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. It, it was an honor for us. I apologize for the the timing issues, but thank you so much. This was fun, man. All yeah. right, guys. Good luck in the game. I mean, ho- hope you guys have a good time. Right. I hope so too, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not too yeah. much, though. Not yeah. too much. That's right. That's right. <laughs> y'all take care, man. All right. Thank good y'all night. So much. Have a good night. Thank y'all. Good night. All right, OSG. That was so much fun. We hate yeah. them, but we love them. <laughs> yeah. The rivalry's true. The rivalry's true. The rivalry's true. I hope we. I hope we beat them. They sounded very confident. I hope the Dynamo man's up and 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 do us Houston Houstonians proud, you know, and and thus the the supporter groups making the 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 travel to to Frisco. Um, I I know you're going. I wish y'all safe travels, safe trip. I know we're passionate. Hopefully, no one gets in fights or anything like that. And hopefully, we bring home some points, man.
Dude, for real. It's got another road game where we need to prove that we can play on the road because uh, it's been been tough at home. But you're right, Ian. So let's go up there and let's 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 show them some Dynamo soccer and let's continue this change and hold that, it down. That's right. And thank you for listening to us and joining us um, on Dynalytics episode 11 already. Um, and we uh, created our Dynalytics Twitter page. So you can follow us at Dynalytics underscore. Um, and please don't forget this podcast w- was created by Dynamo fans for Dynamo fans. The purpose is to give you a voice. So please join us on our Twitter space following Dynamo games. And you can either follow the Dynalytics podcast Twitter page or follow at S-O-M-O-S, Somos713 on Twitter. And we will publish the space um, or we will announce on those pages when the Dynamo Dallas space will be. And you can have the opportunity to chime in and, and give us your opinion. But thank you so much for listening to us. OSG, take us home, baby. Hey, man, all I got to say is Dynamo needed to roll up to Dallas or FC Frisco and get us a dub. Dino Dose need to follow up with a dub, hold it down. And you know what, Houston? Forever. Hold it down, baby. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in a place. Let them know who's the